You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Kevin Ingram the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Vanderbilt Baseball on 95.9 FM on your radio dial. Will Byram returns, and playoff baseball is here. It's time to talk Vandy boys, and we do exactly that with Kevin Ingram. We dive into the potential of seeing Ethan Smith this weekend and maybe even Carter Young. We talk all things Vanderbilt Baseball and preview Friday night's matchup against the Presbyterian Blue Hose. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Laco Fine Wood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 88. It is June 3rd, 2021. It is a Thursday night here in Nashville. And we are, as always, presented by Alaco Finewood Floors. It's time for a full regional breakdown. Obviously, it all starts tomorrow night with Presbyterian. Six o'clock first pitch on the SEC Network. And we've got Will Byram back here after uh, missing the earlier pod this week. Willie, it's good to have you back. Obviously, a big time of year this year for uh, Vandy boys. It, it feels so good to be able to look forward to a big crowd, especially this weekend and then leading into Supers. I don't know about you, but but it feels like things are starting to get back to normal, especially in the sports world, and, and man, it feels good. It feels incredible to have full <laughs> capacity stadiums across the country and just seeing it on television because, unfortunately – I will not be able to be there because I have a day job. Um, yep. The door report does not pay the bills, so um, <laughs> I will be unable to make it out to Hawkins Field, but not yet. Uh, <laughs> make it to more Vanderbilt games if it eventually does. But it's it's. Uh, I had to be, I had to join the pod here to discuss the uh, one time a year when Vanderbilt fans can look forward to possibly winning a national championship. No doubt about it, and uh, they definitely have a shot to this year. Like uh, I think. From every year from here on out for, for Vandy baseball, and uh, we'll get into the odds because uh, there are there you can bet on college baseball now, which yes, is can. really cool uh, to be able to say. All courtesy of Barstool Sportsbook, you can thank uh, Big T and Bar and uh, Barstool Mincy there for that. Uh, we'll touch on some of the odds. Also, Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter, and Bradfield, they're all named All Americans. Um, we will get into that a little bit, and then later in the podcast uh the play-by-play broadcaster of Andy boys kevin ingram will join the pod so we'll dive into the boys uh with kevin but before we get to breaking news don't forget to follow us on twitter at door underscore report and instagram door dot report like us on facebook subscribe to our youtube channel our podcast is available on anchor itunes spotify and google Podcasts. and while you're at it go give our podcast five stars and a review on itunes all right it's now time for breaking news Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. 
Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The recycling dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, Will, it's time now for a regional breakdown. Buckle up. Playoff baseball is here. It all begins tomorrow night at the Hawk. Six o'clock first pitch. You can watch it on the SEC Network. We will have a parking lot pregame party tonight. Starting at four o'clock, roughly, it'll roll all the way in th- until first pitch. So um, if you're looking for something to do before the game, maybe get a few drinks in, come up to the parking garage uh, before you walk back down to Hawkins Field for the game. It's going to be fun. Well, I know you are not able to make it, but um, you know, we're still looking forward to it. And hopefully we can get a decent crowd out there tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll be with you in spirit at this point, Billy. I'm not sure that you guys think I'm a real person because I missed the photo <laughs> op that, that uh, we posted to Twitter. And then you're just a hologram uh, to us. As I'm not even real. So um, but you'll be utilizing my uh, new Vanderbilt tailgate tent up there yes. for the first time, fresh yes. out of the box. So thank you. Sir. Uh, that, <laughs> but that should be exciting and, and hoping to have a good crowd out there on the garage and in the stadium to support the Vandy boys as they uh, enter postseason play. Yeah. The Vandy boys will be ready and hopefully, uh, you know, we might get it, get a shot to, to get ourselves on TV. Cause I know they always like uh, to pan up there. So uh, you better be watching uh, Mr. Byer. I'm <laughs> I'll be watching. Um, yeah. All are welcome to join again, roughly four o'clock. So come, come up to the 25th Avenue parking garage. Uh, we're going to have some fun before the game. Obviously will uh, Presbyterian is the four seed in this regional and, uh, they are, I think, a game above 500. Uh, so they come into this one, um, you know, barely escaping, winning their conference tournament. Obviously, Vandy, they should get by them with ease. Uh, but whoever wins Georgia Tech, Indiana State, it's not going to be easy to play against that winner. It's just not. And, and Jack Leiter is probably going probably gonna to get the call there. Indiana State has one of the best pitchers in the nation. And Georgia Tech is a dangerous offensive team. And I think, Will, if, if, if Indiana State's smart, they might save um, their ace for game two of the regional who knows uh, maybe they're in the mindset of they want to win the first game like Vandy is with with Kumar Rocker tomorrow night but, but we'll see and and well another question is when's Christian Little going to pitch uh, we asked that to, to Kevin Ingram um, and you know he, he didn't give us a direct answer but he kind of talked about yeah there's a lot of options there um, so Will it's going to be interesting obviously in a state and Georgia Tech are not cupcakes uh, but for Vanderbilt it's going to be really interesting to see how the pitching shakes out throughout the next few days because it could get pretty wild yeah relatively favorable uh region for vanderbilt considering they were the fourth overall seed and then you look at tennessee's region with duke sitting right there so um that's a, that's a pretty tough draw for them out east cool. and i feel just so awful for them but uh feel bad uh, yeah feel bad. i i think you missed one key thing when you mentioned indiana state possibly saving their ace for game two is uh they likely don't have two top five overall picks sitting in their starting pitching rotation right i don't it's, think uh, they do. Yeah, it makes a lot easier of a decision for Tim Corbin to say you can run out there with a Jack Leiter uh, after <laughs> Kumar Rocker, so um, you don't have to worry about saving that one ace pitcher. But, yeah, Presbyterian coming off winning the, the Big South Conference Championship yeah. over Campbell, the favorite, 8-5. to five. They actually uh, beat them twice um, in that tournament. So, uh, no, I don't know if you're wanting to jump into the Presbyterian preview the, the here blue, yet. The blue hose are hot. The blue hose. Yeah, they're hot coming in. Um, you know, and, and Vanderbilt – They've never struggled with a four seed, Will, but but for any team coming into the national regional, they're going to be ready to play. We talked about it with Willie Donick. 
they're going to be ready and they're going to be motivated. So Vanderbilt's going to have to bring their A game. And I think we saw that a couple of years ago with Indiana State. Vandy had to earn that one, uh, like Willie talked about. But, um, Will, they got a good pitcher here in McDaniel. I know you got some research on. He's he's not bad. Yeah, it, baseball is such an, I guess, unique sport in that you kind of have to strategize ahead of time because you kind of have right. to look past an opponent because you have to schedule out your pitching rotation because of rest and things, but you also don't want to overlook any opponent because you know, it's not win or go home, but it's win or lose twice and go home. So you're in the loser's bracket. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, Presbyterian, not exactly a power this year, about a 500 team. They got hot at the right time of year, which is, you know, what it takes in baseball and basketball to, to make a good run, but they have faced one sec opponent this year so far. And it was Auburn in their first series of the year. They actually got swept pretty handily. They only scored a total of five runs, gave up 22, and Auburn wasn't exactly a powerhouse. They have not faced a single top 25 RPI team this year. Uh, for com- yeah, for comparison there, I mean, Vanderbilt's faced 23 of them, uh, Arkansas facing 25. So it's a little bit different, different yeah. and uh, limited out of conference play kind of makes it hard to judge really any team in this tournament. I mean, oh, we yeah. know the SEC is loaded. We know the ACC is really, really good. Outside of that, we don't know near as much this year in college baseball, just like right. we didn't know near as much in college basketball. So they do have Charlie McDaniel, who will likely be who they run out mm-hmm. to the mound in, uh, against Vanderbilt. Um, he has about a 4.8 ERA, and their team pitching staff has a over a 6.0 ERA. So you're not facing SEC pitching staffs anymore, and I think a lot of these offensive woes are going to uh, kind of go away or at least put a Band-Aid over in this game against Presbyterian, against Tim Corbin's former team. Right, and you know we talked about it a lot with, with Willie Donick earlier this week, that the regional is, is a new season, and Corbs always mentions that, and, and you get a fresh start, and the players usually love it. You know, it's, it's a fun time of year, and, and uh, especially with a one seed, it makes life a lot easier. So uh, Vanderbilt will, again, if they win, they will move on to play Indiana, the winner of Indiana State uh, and Georgia Tech. That'll be a fun one to watch. I think that's at two, uh, noon um, uh, tomorrow. So, you know, who, who knows who will come out of, out of uh, that one winning it, but that will be fun to keep an eye on. Well, as we roll on here, three All-Americans, that leads the nation for the Vandy boys this year. No surprise. Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker are both first-team selections, while Enrique Bradfield Jr. got second-team honors. And, you know, I mean, I don't think these guys are any shockers. You know, I would expect these three guys to, uh, to be on that list. But first, for Rocker and Leiter, they are third in the nation in strikeouts with 135 apiece on the season. And they have – they. I mean, th- the stuff they've done this year is, is incredible. Obviously, we've talked about it a lot. They're good at baseball. And, you know, that, that's – their stats are – that's better than any one-two punch this year and I think in college baseball history, which is why I'm – I, I still think they are the best one-two punch. And they're going to have to prove a lot of that, though, here in the postseason. Uh, because if, if they don't pitch to their, to their ability, I don't, Vandy might not get to a super. Because you never know with a hot offense like, like an Indiana State or a Georgia Tech, never know who can beat you. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And then Enrique, obviously, he, he leads the nation in stolen bases, hitting 365, And he is just a spark plug. Kevin Ingram talked about it also. When he gets on base – Vanderbilt's a better team, and, and they seem to follow. They follow the lead. So, um, again, congrats to Rocker, Leiter, Bradfield, all three All-Americans. And if those three guys play well, this team's in Omaha. I mean, it, it's really common sense, and it's, it's simple logic, but that's basically how it is. So, 
Uh, one just wanted to touch on that real quick before we move in to the odds. And according to Barstool Sportsbook, Will, you can go to that website right now. It's not legal in Tennessee yet. Uh, obviously, we all wish it was. Uh, so if you want to bet college baseball, just travel up to Chicago, and, uh, you know, wherever they've made it legal. I know it's in Indiana also, uh, but I'm going to send it over to Will uh, here for the updates. And and uh, it's kind of crazy, Will. I mean, we have odds on college baseball. I think that says a lot about how much this game has grown. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely excited outside of the fact that I tweeted out a picture of me betting uh, on Vanderbilt to beat Arkansas. A, a, yeah. You know, not a massive Started amount, not. but a decent Started amount. Early. And then, of course, I cursed them. Um, but <laughs> I do want to go back to Rocker and Lighter there for a second. Just one quick thing. At the beginning of the year, they were being touted as the greatest one-two pitching duo in the history of college baseball. And we always talk about we don't want to just keep harping on it. You know, they're good at baseball. They're great pitchers. Going to be top five MLB draft picks. But at the same time, man, you go into a season with those kind of expectations. And they lived up, if not exceeded, those expectations. And that's a lot of pressure because you have a target on your back going into every game. These teams know that if they rough you up, they're going to be on uh, national news because yep. they roughed up these top five MLB, MLB right. draft prospects. So right. um, it, it's really kudos to, to those guys for, for living up to those expectations. Yeah. And, and, we, that and we've talked well. about, yeah, we've talked about some of their struggles, but a lot of their struggles, they've given up three, four runs, mm-hmm. which is, is, I mean, that's an average performance. That's not even bad for a college baseball pitcher. So um, again, if they can match that or even, or pitch even better, this team should be fine, and that's why Vanderbilt is is pretty high up there in the odds, right, Will? Yeah, uh, they've, they've lived up to those expectations. Now moving on to my favorite part is the local gambling expert slash degenerate here at the Door Report. Um, <laughs> we have the odds from Barstool Sportsbook. Arkansas leading the pack here at plus 750. They are the odds-on favorite to Knocker. be crowned the college, base, or college baseball national champions. Tied for second is Vanderbilt and Texas, both at 9-1, to one, so plus 900. And then following behind them is Tennessee at plus 1,000, TCU mm. at plus 1,500, and the Mississippi State at plus 1,800. So what do those numbers mean? What do those odds mean? Here we yeah, go, Billy. Is, I think you got something to say mean? here. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to your definition later a little after this. But looking at that, I'm kind of shocked Tennessee is at plus 1,000, um, and Vanderbilt and Texas are at plus 900. Um, because I mean, it's a slight margin. But I think that says a lot about the experience of Andy and playing in Omaha, yep. and they've been there before. They won the the reigning national champs. Um, and when you look at those, you know, you got to say to yourself, Andy's probably going to be in Omaha. I mean, I'm sure that's what a lot of baseball fans, college baseball fans in general, say. Yep, they'll be there. You know, they'll be there. So I think that's an experience thing. Not saying Tennessee's not going to make it, uh, because Tennessee is a great team. But you know, for betting for Vegas people, obviously, I'm I'm not surprised. Vanderbilt and Texas. I haven't seen anything of anything about Texas all year. I don't know where they came from. So who knows how good they are. Uh, but I think that does speak a lot about Vanderbilt's experience and their culture of getting to Omaha. Tennessee hasn't been to Omaha in what, since 2002 or five or something like that, early two thousands. So I think that that says a lot about that, but um, we'll, we'll get back to your explanation of, of what the <laughs> means. Cause I might not even know what it means. 
Yeah, because I, I think it, it you hit the nail right on the head, Billy, as, as to what I was going to say, because, you know, Tennessee, Vitello, inexperienced there, uh, because yeah. the college baseball, you know, college playoff, it, it's kind of a marathon and a sprint. You have to simultaneously look ahead while not looking past opponents. Right. But comparing these odds, you know, the NCAA tournament, March Madness is craziness every year. It's hard to predict who's going to win. Mm. Um, one game, a team slips up, they're knocked out. So let's just compare these odds with Arkansas being plus 750 to what the NCAA tournament basketball odds were last year to Here show you just how wide open this field is and really how hard it is to to win this marathon and sprint at the same time and make it all the way to Omaha and win a championship. Last year, Gonzaga going into the tournament was plus 130. Baylor was plus 240. Mm. Houston was plus 450. Michigan plus 550. So that's four teams right there that were more heavily favored leading into that than any team in this yeah. field for the, for the 2021 uh, NCAA baseball tournament. And even looking ahead, Gonzaga is plus 900 in the 2022 NCAA basketball national championship right yeah. now. And that season, they haven't even gotten all those guys on campus that are going to be on their roster um, this upcoming year yet. So that goes to show you that this is going to be an exciting, exciting tournament for baseball fans. And it's certainly something that we look forward to all year. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and credit to those guys at Barstool, uh, Big T and, and uh, Ben Mintz, and they've done a tremendous job. I'm sure they were all in on that and, and helped a lot about uh, with that knowledge. But, um, you know, it's 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 really speaks on how much this game has grown. And Ben, uh, you know, I think he tweets out the hashtag grow the game every day. And, and uh, he really has. And this year, it, it seems like there have been more eyes on it, more eyes on the game. And and boy, when we get to Omaha, it's going to be fun. And, and uh it certainly will be fun this weekend with a regional. Again, before we get to Kevin Ingram, 6 o'clock first pitch tomorrow night. Vanderbilt will play the winner of Georgia Tech and Indiana State. But, Will, Kevin Ingram coming up. They call him Ingy here in Nashville. He's been uh, obviously a, a prominent figure as a Nashville sports personality for a long time. He's also an associate editor of the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. Does a lot of work uh, here locally. It was great to catch up with him, obviously. But, Will, an interesting thing was – some of what some of the injury talk, but also some of he mentioned Ethan Smith. So we could see him this weekend. But well, it was it was great as always to talk to uh, Kevin Ingram, obviously, uh, to talk a little Vandy baseball. Yeah, always great to talk with Kevin about Vanderbilt baseball. And, and he did mention Ethan Smith, which had actually slipped my mind as far as somebody that would be a possibility yeah. of returning from injury. We've been so focused on Carter Young. Uh, coming back from that shoulder injury. But before we get to that interview, which was great, by the way, so definitely stay tuned for segment two. Yeah, I do want should. to ask the same question and actually discuss it with you and get your opinion here on on the question that I posed to him. Here we go. Um, which is which is one I've had on my mind for a while. So you can tell me if I'm I'm an absolute idiot or not, because there's a real possibility. So comparing the NCAA tournament, this field of 64 for baseball to the March Madness field of 68. March Madness, probably the most entertaining postseason in, in any sport across any level that we yeah. have. I think we can all universally agree. However, in my opinion, it is the absolute worst way to crown a national champion in any sport, almost at any level, at least in any uh, You're saying college, the bas the college level. Way. Yes, the basketball. the basketball way is horrendous. Uh, when I, We I love upsets. Yeah, We love I, upsets, I, Billy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a 14 beating a three is a 14 beating a three is a team that is tremendously more talented and better 
losing to a team that that has inferior talent in a one-off game and right. we recognize this at at the professional level that basketball and baseball are similar in the way that that a one-off game doesn't justify in the same way who is the superior team in the same way that football does we right. have seven game series or five game series in the, in the opening rounds of baseball seven games and in basketball the same way because you can have a pitcher get on the mound be absolutely dialed in same way you can have a shooter for an inferior team just take over a game be unstoppable or vice versa have guys that performed well all year have one game that they just don't perform well and and it's very odd to me that that it's never been discussed to have basketball shift to this format that NCAA baseball has where you have kind of this round robin style regions at the beginning shifting into three game series before you ultimately make it to the final eight teams. And I'm kind of curious, Billy, if if that's a horrible take or or if there's no, a little bit of validity. No, behind it. I don't think it's a bad take. I really I get what you're saying, because there is some some truth to it. Um, but I, I think what it comes down to is the NCAA being kind of, you know, the stubborn um, you know, people they are, they, they want to stick to what they've done and, and, and kind of the magic of the tournament. And, and but I do get what you're saying. I think if, if, th if those were three, maybe five game series, yes, the tournament would take insanely, you know, an insane amount of time, but the baseball tournament that takes, you know, you got a whole weekend for all these games and there's so many games going on. You got the losers bracket. Why not do that for basketball? I think you do have a point there. Um, but then again, a lot of how much of the magic might be lost. And you might not see, you're going to see second chances. So that UNBC upset against Virginia, you might see Virginia come back and win that. So um, I do think you, you definitely have a point. Um, but Some, something to plan in minds of people. Yeah. Something to plan in the minds of people listening before. Got a little echo here on, on that end <laughs> for you, Billy. But um, on, to plan in the minds before we get to the interview with Kevin Ingram, where we actually dive back into specifically Vanderbilt athletics. I had right. to get that one off my <laughs> chest because uh, he, we were discussing that alongside uh, the size of baseball stadiums needing to be regulated in college <laughs> baseball. But we won't even get into that one yet. Yeah, we, um, uh, I think we hit a grand slam with, with, <laughs> with Kevin Ingram. We rounded all the bases. We touched all the bases with, uh, with Kevin Ingram. They call him Ingy here in Nashville. And we've got him coming right up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Before we get to the interview with Kevin Ingram, the play-by-play -play broadcaster for Vanderbilt Baseball, it's now time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report alongside Will Byram. I'm Billy Derrick, and it's time to roll on with the playoff baseball talk. And we have Vanderbilt's play by play broadcaster on 95.9 FM on your radio dial. That is Kevin Ingram. He's done a tremendous job all season being uh, obviously there at the ballparks. Uh, so that's been uh, a, a treat for him, obviously on the Learfield IMG College radio network. Kevin, thanks for joining us. It's playoff baseball time. How excited are you personally to, to, to get to call a regional here, here at the Hawk? Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys, uh, Billy and Will. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's going to be cool tomorrow night. Uh, I haven't had a chance to, I mean, I've, I've been to these, I've been to a lot of these regionals, been to the super mm -hmm. regionals, been to the world series, all that. But uh, you know, a lot of this is new experience in terms of actually calling the game. So 
looking forward to it very much. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, look forward to seeing uh, Kamar out there and uh, get another postseason run started and one that we hope will uh, end up in Omaha again. And, you know, the good part is don't, we don't have, there's no more road trips between here and Omaha. I mean, if, <laughs> if they can get the job done at home, then we'll uh, load up on the plane here in a couple of weeks, but uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. No doubt about it. It starts up tomorrow night, six o'clock at the Hulk Vanderbilt and Presbyterian. We'll dive a little bit more into Presbyterian uh, a little bit later, but Kevin went like Tim Corbin and the guys, you know, I think looking at the the draw, it's you know, not an easy draw. You got uh, Georgia tech, Indiana state, and of course it's Presbyterian uh, tomorrow night. So uh, what were your initial thoughts when you when you noticed that draw and 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 kind of the road ahead uh, for, for Vanderbilt here in the next couple of weeks? Uh, the the one thing that stood out to me is is at least we don't have any SEC teams between uh, here and, and the super regional. I, I think I think I can speak for everybody and say we're we're kind of tired of seeing all those guys for a little while. I was just happy to see some different people. Um, you know, any any regional, any super regional is going to be difficult. East Carolina is the top seed on the other side of Vanderbilt can survive this weekend. And, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in their regional either, but they're, they're the top seed for that one. But, uh, you know, there's this collection of teams, you know, Georgia Tech's going to be tough if you play them. Uh, you know, all these teams, you know, you don't get to this point by accident. Presbyterian kind of snuck up and, you know, came out of nowhere. They got really hot at the end of the season and played great in the, in the big South tournament, won all three games and you know beat the top seed twice to get here. So, you know, they're, they're playing with a lot of confidence too. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, I, I think every, every regional super regional has its own kind of tough spots in it. Um, but you know, I, you just kind of get what you get. You gotta, you gotta play whatever teams are out in front of you. And, uh, Again, I, I think more than anything, just glad not to have to see any SEC teams for a little while here. Yeah, I'd like to think the players are, are looking forward to that. Just a fresh mm-hmm. slate and you know, the new season that, that Corbs always talks about. Um, again, it starts tomorrow night. I want to ask you, though, Kevin, after watching the SEC tournament, obviously you were there down in Hoover uh, in, in front of some amazing atmospheres. But after watching that and watching the, Van, the Vandy boys, how important is Carter Young to this lineup? Um, obviously, they, they played well against Ole Miss and they fought against Arkansas. But yeah. I really think as, as, as a fan and, and, and a lot of people close to this program believe Young really could have helped them out. So how important do you think he is to this lineup? Oh, I think he's huge to this lineup. You know, I made the same comment to Brooks Webb between innings. Uh, we kind of looked down there at the end of the dugout and he was just sitting, you know, sitting there with his teammates like, boy, we could really use number nine right here, couldn't <laughs> we? And, you know, I, I think it's one of those things. I mean, you know, he got hurt in that game against FIU a couple of weeks ago and just a freak injury on a slide into second base and the, and hurt his shoulder. Um, it's one of those things like if you're missing him for a series, that's one thing, but, but you don't want to miss him long-term. He's such a big part, both at the plate and in the field. I mean, he's, I, I don't know how he was an all all defensive team in the sec, because I mean, I've seen almost every game and, and there's, I don't, I don't see how you could come up with two better shortstops than that guy, yeah. but uh, as it is, um, Tate Colway did a terrific job, by the way, filling mm-hmm. in a shortstop. He moved over from second base to short. He did a fantastic job in the field. But at the plate, boy, they really missed his offense. You know, just that bat is such a threat. He always bats in the second spot. And, uh, you know, he's just shown so much power from both sides of the plate, you know, left-handed and right-handed. I mean, he's homered from both sides, you know, multiple times this season. But, um, yeah, that, that threat of that bat and just the RBIs and, you know, gets a lot of doubles and just gets on base. I mean, just all those things, the total bases – uh, they they really missed that production. There's no question about that. If he can come back, and I know the, the thinking is he might just bat left-handed, which, hey, man, if he, if he can bat left-handed and be good, then we're, we're fine with that. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I really hope he's able to play this weekend. 
Yeah, flipping over to the pitching staff and the pitching rotation, I think we know at this point one and two are pretty set with Rocker and Leiter. I don't, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that at this point they've locked those spots down. But there has been a little bit of talk about who would be that third starter in this rotation. Um, in your opinion, who, who do you see taking, taking the mound in that Game 3 situation? Christian Little, Patrick Riley, or possibly McIlvain? Yeah, that's going to be an interesting question, Will, because – Christian Little pitched great in that game against Ole Miss in the SEC tournament. And um, he didn't really want to come out of the game. I think he's having some kind of spasms in his arm. And uh, they, they went ahead and took him out just as a precaution. I don't think it was anything serious. I would not be shocked at all to see him get the ball in, in a starting role in this. Uh, you know, he stepped out there on a big stage and played against a really good Ole Miss offense and pitched really, really well for six innings or so. Uh, Patrick Riley's kind of been that Sunday starter for quite a while, quite a while here. And we've seen Christian be the, the midweek guy. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Sunday might hold, you know, and maybe kind of depending on the situation too. I, I got a feeling it'll be one of those two guys. Um, they, they'd rather use McIlvain if they can in that long relief, you know, bridge roll, whatever, wherever you have to use him. He's such a yeah. versatile guy. You could put him out there for an inning. You put him out there for three innings. You can use him twice in a series. You know, the, the 3M guys, as I like to call them, you know, McIlvain and Murphy and Maldonado, those guys. Three Musketeers had, right there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They've all just had great seasons and really hoping Ethan Smith can come back too. Uh, gosh, he's been out since, you know, almost two months here. Um, but it'd be, it'll be a big lift if he can come back and be effective. But I get the feeling it'll be probably one of the two freshmen in that game three role. Yeah, Billy, I think he's reading the questions we have written <laughs> down here because uh, next, <laughs> next up was about Ethan Smith. But – um, we are uh, talking a lot about Vanderbilt and in the future, and we're even talking about game three, looking past a little bit the fact that Vanderbilt plays tomorrow game one against Presbyterian. Yeah. <laughs> there's no guarantee that there is a game three. Um, so do you think that the NCAA tournament committee maybe put Presbyterian in the same regional as uh, Vanderbilt <laughs> with Coach Tim on, Corbin there? against yeah, his dude. former team on purpose. I know they say they, they don't do things like that or look at storylines, <laughs> but come on. He's got to give the announcers and play-by-play guys something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there is that element of it. And, I, you know, I, you know, doing the morning show over the years, it was kind of a running bit that I did about the NCAA basketball tournament. You know, they yeah. always say, oh, it's just one through 64. <laughs> that's just the way it worked out. And, yeah, right. If you, you know. They that, got that's a bit directors all across the country from different <laughs> colleges there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh I, I think that's a big crock when they start talking about that <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, because they can they can in the basketball tournaments case anyway, they can move them up or down a seed line right from where, where their true seed line is. And uh I think they do a lot of that stuff for TV in the basketball tournament. Uh baseball, I I'm um, I haven't really examined it as closely over the years as I, as I have basketball where I can look at potential regional finals and say, hmm, we've seen that one before. <laughs> oh, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't CBS love to have that one again? Uh, but, you know, as, as far as baseball goes, I think it is a pretty nice little storyline. You know, for yeah. Presbyterian, you know, they're getting into the tournament for the first time. They went on this great run to, uh, to pull some upsets and win. Um, it, it's a neat storyline, and I – uh, I'm I'm sort of a conspiracy theorist on this sort of stuff, so if you, you're probably asking the right guy for for this sort of answer, <laughs> Kevin, I, I think also some proof here is Tennessee is the, got the three overall seed, Vanderbilt got the four. Vanderbilt's regional is a whole lot easier. It's pretty easy to say than Tennessee's right now. Um, and Tennessee, yes, they're just a, a one ranking higher, but Tennessee got probably of the best four seed that could have been a three Vanderbilt got a Presbyterian team as a four. So I think that tells you a lot about kind of how the 
the college baseball committee, I'm not saying they're new to this, but it's something, you know, you have to look at because, um, you know, who, who, who is on this committee? What, what are they taking into account? So yeah. uh, in terms of that, how would you compare that to, to college basketball? Do you think it's, you know, a lot of the same or, or college baseball might need some adjustments in, the, in that department? Um, I, again, uh, now, like on a, on a bigger picture, historically, I, I don't know that I've, I'd, I'd have to kind of really look at it a little more to, uh, to give you a good answer on that. Right. Um, boy, some of the, dude, you're right about Tennessee though. They got a really difficult, uh, regional, yeah. if they can survive that, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll play at home all the way through too, being, yeah. you know, one, one of the top national seeds, but, uh, they, they've really had a great season, but <laughs> that didn't feel like a very big reward for being the number three overall seed. <laughs> no. that, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I, you know, as far as how they seed them, you know, baseball is such a different sport from, from basketball too. I mean, it, it, you know, basketball right. is kind of a, you know, it's, it's a one and done deal baseball. It's a double elimination. And, you know, it's, it's so much about, you know, what your pitching's like and what pitching you have left when you get to that third game. And, you know, you, you can see some upsets in these openers because everybody, no matter who it is, whether you're a mid-major or you're, you know, playing at the highest level, everybody has one, at least one really good starter they can throw out there for that first game and, and make it tough on you. Um, and we've, we've seen it over and over over the years. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to, to look around, not only in this regional here in Nashville, but in the ones around the country and, and see how some of the games go on this Friday night. Yeah, this is more of a genuine curiosity question. We're going to discuss this in segment one of this podcast, but um, do you think that this system for NCAA baseball is better or worse at crowning a champion as opposed to the excitement that we experience in March with March Madness of the of the uh, basketball tournament? Because it is a little bit odd that we have the 64 team tournament or 68 teams now as they keep expanding mm -hmm. it um, in basketball. But then in baseball, we play these series of games, but you move up to the professional level. And they've all play seven game or seven game yeah. series to win the to win the championship. So in that aspect, the two sports are pretty similar, but the tournament style and, and how they crown champions in, in college is quite different. So I'm just kind of curious on your opinion on this. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know that there's any perfect way to do it. I I, I kind of like the way they do it. It's fine with me. And you know, if you're a top eight seed, you get rewarded by being able to play at home, you know, through the super regionals and all that. And to me, the super regional round is more of a true baseball type way of deciding a winner maybe then than anything that goes on whether it's a conference tournament or this this regional weekend or you know even in the world series because you know baseball is not a sport where you know baseball is kind of designed to play little three-game series it's mm -hmm. not designed right. to play these big long stretched out tournaments where you know you're trying to figure out what to do with your pitching and all that stuff it's it's kind of the, you know as as a sport in general like like you're saying with major league baseball where it's a it's the best of seven or you know best of five in some cases mm -hmm. you know it's it, that that makes more sense than uh you know trying to you know stretch out pitchers and and man, you get like even this last weekend in the sec tournament i mean you get down to these last three team or last four teams that are left on saturday and and they're throwing guys that aren't usually starters and get to the championship game it's the same thing uh it gets a little out of whack you know you know it's not like other sports where you get to see the best play in the championship. I mean, you might not nest you get to an SEC championship game. You're not necessarily going to see the, the number one starters for those teams, but I, you right. know, I, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's about as good a way as college baseball can do it. I guess a long way of answering your question. Right. Yeah. And, I think you, you know, went at, Oh, I'm sorry, Billy. I think no, you went ahead. at it from the opposite of uh, how, how I was kind of uh, thinking of the question and that I uh, have the controversial opinion of uh, maybe the basketball should switch over to how, NCAA baseball does it, but uh, you took it from the other perspective. So, well, you know, let's, no, let's, I, let's I've always said though, regionals for basketball. <laughs> you know, if, if you 
if, if the college basketball tournament, I, I've thought this for years, if the college basketball tournament was like a best of seven, then it, it would be oh. like the same. It, it would be like Duke and Kentucky and, and North Carolina and, and, and yeah, all, you know, it'd be the same like flies on the floor. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be the same teams would win every single year. I mean, right, it, it would right. be, it'd be really interesting to, right. to see how that would go. I, I've wondered how that would look for years. Right. Yeah. We got coach K's retirement tour now coming up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Corbin's <laughs> is, is long, long away here. Uh, but I do want to talk about this, this, this team and this lineup in particular offensively this year. Um, obviously they've shown flashes of, 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 you know, top five, you know, maybe top offense in the SEC with, with they have, you know, they're one of the better batting average averages in the country. Um, but obviously, you know, the bottom of the lineup has struggled at times, and, you know, whether that's the youth, whether that's, um, you know, being able to read pitches and experience, it's, it's tough and you're playing in the SEC. So what do you think ha- has, has been the crux of, of this, this, this team's issues in, in terms of offensively? Do you think it's more, you know, reading pitches, just being young uh, and, and, you know, needing more experience. What do you think uh, that you can attribute that to at times? Um, I, I think overall the offense has been good. Um, part of it's been injuries. It's like the, the lineup hasn't been a whole, it seems like, throughout the season. Yeah. You, you had Dominic Keegan was down for a while. Take, you know, he had you know, COVID. You had Tate Colick, you know, had the hand injury, had surgery. He was gone for a while. You've had Carter out here toward the end of the season. Um, you know, you've just – you've had all that uh, and you just haven't had the the true lineup that you want to put out there. I mean, that, that kind of goes for everybody. People, every yeah. team goes through some injuries, but um, you know, it, it's been, it, it's interesting to watch because like Dominique Keegan and, and, and Enrique Bradfield are the most consistent performers in this office. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, Bradfield, Bradfield has a hit and is on base and is doing something pretty much every game. Keegan, I mean, you look up every game and he's got two or three hits and then if he, you know, he's, he's got an 0 for 4, and then he comes up in the ninth inning against Ole Miss and he gets a game-winning you know game winning hit yeah. uh, in the SEC tournament. You just don't keep him down for very long. He's he's so consistent. Um, they, they've kind of gone to a little bit of, pl- of a platoon in the DH spot where you've seen Jack Bolger against left-handers. You, you, you know, uh, switched it around, seen Spencer Jones, you know, yeah. left-handed hitter against the, the right-handers. Um, I, I think it's really a solid lineup. You know, Isaiah Thomas had moved him up to the second spot with Carter out, and, and he really flourished in that uh, in the SEC tournament. I think he kind of goes overlooked because, man, he's one of those dudes when he gets hot. I mean, he, he you're can seeing him. It. He yeah. can, and you, you see, you know, you can tell when he's getting warmed up because the yep. ball is going from gap to gap, and he's hitting rockets. So they're, you know, <laughs> most, you know, out of there to, to left center or right center field. Yeah. Um, I think some of it is a product, too, of the ballparks they played in. You know, they, they play in that Death Valley down there at, uh, <laughs> in Hoover, where it's like just ev- every ball. feet. <laughs> oh, man, it does, man. It's like, a, it's like, you know, 450 to the gaps or something down there. But, you know, after, you, after we've been to some of these places in the SEC, and I was, I've told several people this, you know, where you go to Ole Miss and you go to Tennessee and you go to some of these other places that are just tiny little ballparks, and, you know, every fly ball is a home run. You get on there and play in Hoover, and, and every fly ball is an out. Yeah. Um, you know, Hawkins Field's kind of somewhere in the middle. To me, the hockey, even though it has the big wall and left, it really plays pretty fair. I mean, yeah. just, aside from there being no foul territory, you know, the, the fair territory part of it, to me, is, is about what a college baseball field should be. I, th- this is a whole nother can of worms for me. I, I think there needs to be some sort of dimensions police that, that at least give you <laughs> give you some sort of parameters on those things. But hey, you know, thank, as far you. As, thank you. <laughs> as far as the uh, as far as the lineup goes, you know, I. I I think overall they've had a really good season. They just had some games where they, you know, sometimes they, they strike out a little too much. I think Corbs would like to see him just get guys on base, put ball and put the ball in play, you know, move them around. 
Um, they've, they really hit a lot of home runs this season. They they're second in the league to Arkansas in yeah. that department or, or, you know, close to it anyway. I may be, they may be a couple spots down, but they, they really, you know, hit quite a few home runs, but you know, they have a little bit of everything in this lineup, but Enrique Bradfield is the one that really makes it go. If he's getting on base a lot, then that's when things really start happening for this group. Right. It, it really is. And, and I got one more here, Kev, before we close it out. You talked about Arkansas. I mean, they're obviously the number one team in the nation for a reason. Kevin Copps, just one player of the year. Uh, looks like he's throwing wiffle balls out there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I do want to ask, for, for this, is, this is technically for any team, but for Vanderbilt, uh, you talked about the small ball a little bit. Do you think Corbs might begin to play a little bit more small ball? You've seen that. We've seen that a little bit from him in the postseason. Uh, do you think he might he might turn to a little bit of that, especially if he sees our Arkansas or, you know, Texas, Tennessee, some of these better teams? Um, or do you think he's going to, you know, stick to his guns and, and say, hey, we can beat this team offensively? Because I think they showed they could. They, they lost 6-4. Yeah. So what what do you think uh, Corbs' plan of attack might be? Uh, and this is this is down the road, but um, yeah. you know, from watching them in, in Hoover, what what, uh, what adjustments do you think they, they could make? Uh, correct myself uh, real quick. Uh, Vanderbilt tied for fourth in home runs in the SEC. But, okay, there you um, go. Um, as far as that Arkansas game, you know, it was one of those games. It was a weird game because neither starting pitcher pitched very well. Neither Rocker yeah. nor Wicklander. I mean, Clark got off to a great start. He struck out the side in the first thing. Oh boy, here we go. This is going to be something special. It was dialed but, in, yeah. yeah, but and then it just kind of fell apart after that. And uh, see, you know, same thing for Wicklander, the left-hander for Arkansas. He didn't really pitch that well either. Um, the thing about Arkansas is. Man, you you better get them in the first six innings because if it gets to the seventh, they got the lead. It's pretty much over. Cops yeah. came in; and he's just dealing. Yeah, I, was, I saw the I saw this kid in the stands. He wore a t shirt that said "Call the cops." Call he's the like, cops. Yep. Yeah, man. I, boy, that dude was just filthy. Uh, some of the yeah. stuff he throws up there because I mean, you know, he, he pitches kind of backwards. I mean, you know, he, it's like slider, slider, then curve, and then then he throws you a fastball like ninety one and strikes you out. And, right. Um, he's got like an eighty six mile an hour cutter. That, that's that's yeah, his pitch, yeah. and it just drops out of the bottom. Yeah. Dirty. Um, but yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting to see him play him again. Like I, I think if they played Arkansas more than once, I, to me, I think Vanderbilt stacks up just fine against them. Now, Arkansas is missing one of their big pieces too. Uh, got hurt right. in their first game against Georgia, but um, I, I think it'd be really. Hey, if they're playing Arkansas again, we're, we're in good shape. So uh, yeah. I hope you get to see it down the road, you know? Right. And they're on the same side. So if um, I think yeah. if Vanderbilt wins in Omaha, they, they will see the Razorbacks. So um, yeah. it's going to be fun. This is the best time of year for, for college baseball fans. And it's here. Kevin, thank you so much for joining. Good luck tomorrow night and, and, sure, and the sure. rest of the series. And hopefully uh, we're able to bring you to Omaha. Oh, it sounds like a plan. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Well, that does it for episode 88 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Big thanks to Will Byram for jumping back on the podcast this week. But an even bigger thanks to our special guest today, Kevin Ingram, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Vanderbilt Baseball. For myself, Billy Derrick, Will Byram, and our special guest, Kevin Ingram, you've been listening to episode 88 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors.